Welcome back to Sam Mega Higley. And first of all, yes. I just want to say I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm angry with you now. I was just like so half lecturing Sam about how we should not apologize when we are presenting things in our podcast. But here we are, apologizing up front. Great. Perfect. Yes. No, it's a new segment, Maggie. It's called Welcome to the Podcast. We're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we uh, we, uh, we really had a conversation that should have been on the podcast right before we started <laughs> recording, but we're going to save all that those juicy niblets for a little bit later, I think. Yes. Um, but let's get into the episode now. Let's start it right now. Yes. Uh, I'm Sam. And I'm Maggie. And we watched an episode of Glee this week. It was season three, episode 15, Big Brother. Oh, and no, brother. it is not a crossover crossover episode where they all live in a house together. Wouldn't that if be only. something? <laughs> and then, um, what's her face? Uh, what's what? Who's the hostess of Big Brother? Uh, something Chen, I think. Julie Chen. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think that's who I, it is. The thing is, is that like I Julie Chen sounds right, but I don't want to be racist. That could just be like okay. an Asian name that sounds familiar. Oh what? God. Speaking of, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? No, but I want to. Oh my god, Harry Shrun Jr. is in it, right? Yes, and also Shit. it is it is Julie Chen. Uh, I looked okay, it up great. to make sure. Um, and uh, I the only thing I really know about Big Brother, other than that, I've had a few friends who are who are like obsessed with it, and I did like watching them like talk about it. Um, but is that our mom always hated Big Brother because she thought that the hostess, Julie Chen, only got her job because she's like married to an executive at CBS. Well, you know. That's some inside baseball for the Carr family right there. Sorry. <laughs> also, um, what? Again, like, I, I thought that she didn't like it because it was too sexy. I think it's probably that also. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Cause yeah because it, it is just like survivor but in a comfy house and sexier and like the people are like way dumber but also hotter although yeah being out on that island is it... i think i need to revisit some survivor you know anyway yeah I, there is that one contestant who was naked the whole time because yeah. he wanted to make it really expensive he also <laughs> he also won the he season won. so yeah 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 so <laughs> Pro tip. Survivor. Anyway. Uh, and I say no. Let's not revisit Survivor ever. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's probably still on. Anyway. I think so. This episode. This is Glee. We talk about Glee here. We not do. trash reality television. We talk about trash, not reality television. Um, yeah. And this specific episode aired on April 10th, 2012 with 6.76 million viewers, which is down from last week, which had 7.46 million. Which... How big was the gap between... The episode before this one and this one. How, how big was it? It was about... Yeah. Ooh, you're making me do math here. Like... Sorry. Half a million? No, no, no. Not the oh, not the viewership. The dates. Oh, um, the episode before this one came out at the end of February. And this one came out at the beginning of April. Ugh, so This is when Glee was doing that fucking hiatus garbage. <laughs> that, like... Oh, I hated it so much. Month-long spring break. 
Isn't Ugh. March sweeps month? Like, yeah, Glee's just dumb. <laughs> and I think it's probably like March Madness. There's like oh. basketball and shit. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's definitely like it. Maggie, Glee. What the fuck are you doing? Let's be real. More people watch March Madness than watch Glee. For that doesn't sure. matter. It should be about the art <laughs> and how good it is. Fox. <laughs> oh, anyway, Maggie, give me those. Give me that information about who who made this. Yeah, so Michael Hitchcock wrote it. Um, if you recall, Michael Hitchcock is the Scarlet Fever man. Oh, He's right. He's like a okay. really famous character actor. Sure. Um, and I got to Google it one more time because now all my Google things are about Blaine and Cooper fan fiction. Oh, oh God. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> there, there's not room for that here yet. Are you sure? No, I'm just kidding. I know there isn't. Okay, I'm getting back to the Wikipedia page, and it is Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was the director. That sounds pretty familiar. Yeah, he's done plenty. Cool. Uh, but it's another pair of white dudes. Yeah. You know, normal Glee stuff. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, the actual episode, though. There is a recap uh, because there was that month-long hiatus yes. that they needed to cover everything. Remember, Quinn and uh, Quinn got in a car accident after texting because oh, she's yes. basically the devil. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That's, and they demonize texting a lot. Um, but now Quinn has been reborn into Quinn the Grey. Quinn yes. the White? Quinn it, the White is, yeah. Um, Excuse me. The other things we get, Sue is pregnant. Um, yes. Finchel was going to get married. Uh, yep. And Blaine has forgiven Sebastian, supposedly? Yeah, it, because they shook hands. Yeah. So <laughs> That's my... the clip that they use is them shaking hands wordlessly at the end of regionals. Does, so. Is this hinting at something in the future, or is this just is this, stupid? Is this hinting that... That that their weird, like sort of hate budding, like because they have a, like a tad of sexual tension, I suppose. Oh, but it's yeah. only it seems to only be because Sebastian, like incessantly hits on Blaine. Right. Exactly. Uh, no, that's that's exactly what it is. I don't so know. Yeah. What's I, going on there? We don't know. The show doesn't know either. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into the actual episode after the recap. Finchel are walking down the McKinley hallway discussing about how their wedding fell apart off screen. Yeah. You know what's weird about this? They're talking about how they're like, Rachel, I think, has some line where she's like, do you think we would have gotten married if Quinn hadn't gotten in that accident? How did like, they know? How did they find out? How did they find out that Quinn got in this accident? Like, weren't they about to get married? Yeah. Like, moments from getting married? Like, did Rachel end up calling off the wedding when Quinn didn't text her back? Like, what? Like, no, it's none of it makes any sense. They had like five minutes left in their slot or whatever, (laughs) which it's. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're trusting that we don't remember any of this. Right. Because it's been a couple months. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we find out that Nationals is in Chicago because Finn suggests that they get married somewhere special, like on the pitcher's mound of Wrigley Field, which Finn, you don't have that kind of cash. Um, <laughs> Although that would be pretty special, for you. you know. I guess. Um, <laughs> so this this is where I wonder how much time has passed in fiction. Like, yeah. Well, are they discussing this like the next day? Are they discussing this like a week after? It's hard to tell now, but yeah. we'll we'll get a much clearer to, like reasoning as to 
how long it's been when Quinn shows up, mm-hmm. completely unblemished. Yes. Her skin is still smooth and perfect, of course, um, but she is in a wheelchair with Artie. They're yeah. not in the same one. They're in two different ones. No, though. yeah. they're. they're... <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. What if uh... they were in like a, like a love seat wheelchair? <laughs> that would be... <laughs> really offensive maybe i'm not so sure unnavig- like you couldn't navigate anything no with that too wide yeah so uh yeah, yeah. but that that's a good point it's definitely got to be at least a few weeks because queen has zero marks of having been in a car accident like <laughs> yeah especially being t-bones on the driver's yes. side like she would have like, gotten shouldn't her face damage. be like fucked up <laughs> <laughs> well i mean maggie they went they wouldn't do that to Diane Aragon. No. They can't. No, they can't. It's not. It's in her contract. Um, but so <laughs> Quinn tells us she's never been happier because Rachel kind of gets a little shitty right when they see her. Like, kind of, kind of gets the like matronly <laughs> condescension which most people do when they see someone in a wheelchair. Also, when well, it might have been their fault. Like, like Rachel's whole vibe this episode is bad. Yes. Like, no, it's Whenever not she good. sees Quinn, she just starts crying, yeah. basically. <laughs> which, uh, which is not a great thing to do when you're trying to comfort someone else. No. Uh, it definitely seems extremely selfish. <laughs> I was going to say, Maggie, <laughs> we all know Rachel's making it about Rachel. Like <laughs> She is, but she can't do anything else. No. It's um, in her programming. But yeah, so then this leads into a number immediately yes. like, like right away which i am a big fan of that but it is i'm still standing by quinn and Artie. <laughs> honestly i love this song choice <laughs> i mean it's great the the thing that i put is that like this feels like an 80s music video like because it's Doesn't elton it? john song and like they're doing like corny choreography in their yeah, wheelchairs and, like, everyone's wearing neon colors yeah yeah i i see that uh I gotta say, Quinn's voice uh, has been described as a trembling alto before, and I have to say that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, that she has a couple solos in this episode, and you can tell that like she got a little touch of the magic. You know what I mean? Like they 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 had to go in there <laughs> a little a little bit of digital magic. You say <laughs> yes. The um. the computer waved its magic wand. Um, <laughs> now yeah, and a beautiful I'm... voice. But listen, she's not the only one no. this episode. Oh, hell so. no. <laughs> uh, Artie sounds okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely the bulk of the of the vocal. Uh, and the song's fine. And like Sam Sam said, the choreography is corny. <laughs> yeah. AF. Well, the best part really, though, is at least at the beginning of the song, um, we see the reactions of the Glee Club members. Um, and everyone is very uncomfortable. Oh, extremely. Everyone but Blaine. Yeah. Like, Blaine is just, like, smiling. Like, oh, this is nice. And everyone else is just like, oh, oh, no. Oh, God. But as the song, like, gets closer to the end, everybody does get sort of pumped up. And they're like, yeah, you are still standing, metaphorically. Well, that's, to be fair, I feel like that's a lot of this episode is everyone just kind of being uncomfortable. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'd say that like a lot of this episode is Blaine being uncomfortable. True, um, I do. But everyone else is like here to party. Um, yeah. So the song ends, and Quinn does a little speech. Uh, it is part preaching, part plumbing. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I put that she's I, a meme machine. Yeah. Um. She starts off the speech by being like, my plumbing still works, everybody. Which is, like, (laughs) the weirdest thing to say, I feel, right? Like, 
Yes. I guess these are her closest friends. Well, she wants them so to they... all know that she can still pee, Maggie. I guess. I mean, I... <laughs> I, there was that scene where, like, Artie was like, my dick does work. Yes. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> That's true. This echoes that intensely. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then she preaches about texting and driving. Uh, yeah. How you should never do it. It's Satan's luring you to your phone. Only pay attention to the road. Um, which, yeah, of course, people shouldn't text and drive. But of this course. this episode though, like the 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 thing is, the, if this had the been the grandstanding moralizing <laughs> is so unpalatable. <laughs> if it had been just this, I think I would have been more okay with it. But like, <laughs> anyway, the reason I wrote that is she does reference like some Glee memes. Like she tells yeah. you, like this is a great one for your whiteboard shoe, and then she like <laughs> she's like, "Don't cry for me. That means you, Tina." And it's like. <laughs> Because Tina is apparently, like, the one who cries the most. I don't know if that's actually true. That We get a flash of Tina, and she's not crying. Well, she just looks sad. <laughs> yeah, she's getting ready to cry, supposedly. And we all know that Shu is definitely the one who cries the most. But Oh, he cries a lot. Because yeah. um, he cries every single time they're on stage. Yes. Uh, basically. Uh, yeah. Um, we find out that Quinn is on the road to recovery because her spine is compressed, um, but she's regaining feeling and could uh, regain full motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she wants to be walking and dancing by nationals. It's good to have goals, Quinn. Um, I suppose. Yeah, Artie seems weird. Artie seems... Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like... Mm. Mm. Sort of. I don't know. That's how I would describe I'm, his face. But that's the thing. It's like he's not sad... And he's, no. I mean, he, I guess he's kind of, he looks kind of upset, but not in a, like, yes. sad way. Not in a too directed way, either. No. Um. So, the next scene is in Figgins' office. Mm-hmm. Figgins uh, has told Sue off screen that Roz is going to be the co-coach. So, we start the scene with Sue saying, what did you just say? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because Jane Lynch is a better actress than the guy who plays Figgins. Yeah, they they want to start off the scene with the most charismatic actor. You're right. It's yeah. a good choice. Uh, Roz is being co-coach because Sue was late to like a big She was thing. late to regionals, I think. Regionals. She was late to Cheerios regionals um, because she had a doctor's appointment. Then we get some more adult baby jokes from Roz. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about how the baby will be made partner as soon as it's out of <laughs> Sue's womb. I'd be proud. You know? Me too, uh, with his little briefcase. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Roz has, like, that whole speech, you know, the drill. It's the same thing. She's really uh, mean. Like, that's her character. Yeah. She's and just super honestly, mean. Honestly, it's, like, the same exact jokes that she's told already. Yeah. I think it's still funny, um, but it's not really worth Revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sue is like, oh, well, I have an idea, Figgins. If I win Glee Nationals, you'll give me the Cheerios. And he's like, yeah, okay. Well, okay. Did you catch this? Apparently, there's a $10,000 cash prize. A $10,000 cash prize to the school. Of whoever wins Nationals. nationals. <laughs> that... Where does, Where's the money coming from? Where Who, who has $10,000 in cash ever? Like, Well, I don't know. You, you win prizes for things yeah that's i don't know it's just 
<laughs> all like money is stupid and i don't know why glee money even bothers <laughs> uh money is stupid and this is definitely sort of like a oh we'll, we'll save the rec center with yeah. the prize money <laughs> kind of vibe <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so that means that sue is gonna have to take a much more hands-on approach with the glee club than was suggested mm-hmm. uh when she talked to shoe at the finchel wedding yeah um, so we're good. We're at booty camp. Yeah, we're we're cutting straight to that. Um, Sue's booty camp. She's beating some booties. Yeah, it leads to her destroying Mercedes's cell phone um, and <laughs> yes. directly insulting Finn. Yeah, like, it escalates really fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually so. That's part of it. Is um, we get a little cutaway where, well, like Will is like, "Oh, you want to help?" And Sue is like, "Yeah." Because, and then um, we're back in the thing, and, like, she kind of tells them off, but besides yeah. the part where she destroys Mercedes's phone, like, Sue has some really good points about how they yeah, don't she try. Just, yeah, she just says that they're sloppy and lazy, big sloppy lazy babies, which is true. Yes. Uh, and they just somehow, like, magically perform beautifully without doing rehearsal. Right. Spells have been cast, yeah. Um, Blaine. It's all Blaine. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how they did it before him. Rachel? Uh, Rachel, maybe. But, yeah. Maybe it was just all Rachel's talent. Could have been. So, the the scene transitions into the the teacher's lounge Mm -hmm. from the auditorium to booty camp, uh, because Will is angry that Sue has been, quote, unquote, abusive. Her normal abusive self. Right, okay. Um, He got an email from Kurt. Oh, this Kurt email. I want. I wish I could read it word for word. Just lap it up. Because he's so dramatic. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Kurt compares uh, Sue to Tabitha, um, but meaner. And then Sue is like, I don't know what that is, but I assume it's gay and niche. And guess what? It is. But I know all about Tabitha off the top of my head. Do you know who Tabitha is, Sam? Yes, Tabitha makes over restaurants yes. bars established nope. no salons you're, nope that yeah the, the one that you're thinking of is gordon ramsay they <laughs> are both british and mean um That's but true. tabitha only does salons because okay. she she rose to prominence on a reality television show about being the best hairdresser mm-hmm. uh, she didn't win but she did get a spin-off show called tabitha's salon takeover that part of yeah and also i did i did have to applaud jane lynch for i you know in real life, Jane Lynch definitely knows who Tabitha is and probably, probably actually friends. knows Tabitha. Yes. Yeah, so. I bet Tabitha cuts cuts Jane Lynch's hair. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, it is gay and niche. So Sue is kind of just hiding her true intentions here. She tells yes. Will that she like the hormone injection, you know, that she's gotten, that hormone injection, man, just <laughs> um but yeah, so she really just wants to help. Um but we know yeah. That it's not true. She just wants the Cheerios. But she does want to help because she, like, to her goal, is means and ends, you know? Sure. to say? Uh, Will says some garbage where he's like, we need to inspire them and encourage them, not crush them. (laughs) Come on, man. And, um... Sue's just and he's like, didn't you turn over a new leaf, Sue? Aren't you supposed to be good? And Sue's like, oh no, well it's the end of my first trimester, so my hormone injections are wearing off. Yeah, which the the trope though that she, I think she's still on the bovine injection. Oh, for sure. Um, which 
Emma is like, well, maybe you should talk to your doctor about that. And then this leads to them inviting themselves to inviting join. Inviting themselves to her doctor's appointment? <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is weird, but it does lead to a very good joke later in the episode. So, like, mm. eh, like it's still bad, though. It's way inappropriate. I'm not it's okay so with weird. this. I think it's because was... I, I feel like Emma just has some, like, projections. Where she's... she's- She's obviously very into babies. Yes. Like her eyes get even wider when, <laughs> when they start talking about babies. It's like that uh, movie with the paintings. Uh, yeah, with the that big eye painting with Sarah Paulson in it. Yes. I've never seen it. I've never seen it um, either. So it's probably not anything that we're thinking. <laughs> so the next scene is amazing. Uh, Clayne is in the hallway. They're just chatting about how Blaine's brother is coming into town. And Kurt's like, oh, your mysterious brother that you refuse to talk about. I can't wait to meet him and see what he looks like. And Blaine's like, oh, you already know what he looks like. So, uh... That's interesting, yes. right? Well, that's, I, I love this. I love this fake exposition where it's yes. like, <laughs> oh, you're, you're bloody blah that you never talk about. Like, of <laughs> course, we all knew, but you didn't because you we never talk about it. Are you, are you saying it feels a little disingenuous? Yes. Or... <laughs> I'm saying Matt Bohm was like, put me on your stupid Glee show or whatever. And they were like, okay, he kind of looks like Blaine. Let's write him in. Um, yeah, so guess who's here? It's Cooper Anderson. Yeah. He is, um, a huge star because he is the spokesperson for freecreditratingtoday.com. I mean... We do get a flash of that, of (laughs) of his commercial, and it is, it is pretty spectacular. (laughs) Yes. Well, and like, I mean, it's, it's a very, I feel like it's a good joke because... It is. He is, Kurt is starstruck. Um, yes yeah yeah there's a part where he says that oh that like that jingle is my ringtone like he's a huge fan of cooper anderson which is of the commercial specifically though like yes which is weird like (laughs) like yeah i i don't know i feel like if you're that into that fucking commercial you've at least googled who cooper anderson is and you know that he has a brother named blaine right i mean to be fair uh, they mentioned her later in this episode, but like the lady from the progressive insurance commercials. Flo. I have no idea who that actress is. Her, well, the, her character's name is Flo. Right. But like, uh, but that's what I'm saying is like. But it's not like you have the Flo screaming as your ringtone. I you know what I'm not. saying? I knew people that hey, dressed whatever. up as her for Let's... Halloween. Does that count? <sighs> No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we need we need to move past this. This is <laughs> too stupid. Well, um, well the best so we part, find yeah. out that Co- Go for Cooper it. is in the Midwest to do some gritty character research for the next um, season of commercials. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. But we also have a really good tool for letting us know how famous Cooper is because Sue yes. arrives in the middle of this conversation. Yes. To have Cooper sign her breast. <laughs> With a very long signature, like yes, well, it's like one of those like dedication signatures where he, it's like yours, Cooper Anderson. Well, but he like he writes something like it's great to meet such a big fan or something like yeah. that, like. Uh, and then she does like this long compliment where she talks about beating up Alan Menken. Yes, uh, 
if you don't know who that is, you're uh, not gay. You're listening a, Congrats. You're listening to a Glee podcast, so you should know who Alan Menken is. He's the guy who wrote like The Little Mermaid yes. and a bunch of other Disney garbage. Um, garbage is mean. You get what I'm saying. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to beat him up if he's not writing a Disney Prince story just for you, sir. And then uh, Sue sort of hangs around while <laughs> Cooper and Blaine walk down the hallway together a little bit more. Uh, this is when uh, Kurt like sort of breathlessly says to Blaine, Blaine, your brother's the best looking man in North America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, this scene is just so good. I think it's partly like looking at Matt Bomer is just a treat because he is sort of statuesque. I um, guess. Yeah. It's... And those piercing blue eyes. Uh. It's just, I feel like on like the third watch of this episode, I'm just like, God, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> well, the third time, no one's supposed to watch a Glee episode all the way through once. <laughs> like they write it so that you don't have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so while they're having this conversation about the commercial is on hiatus or whatever, uh, Sue pulls him away again so that we can see Blaine is very sad about the fact that his brother is so popular. Yeah, I feel like it's more of um, not really that, but more of Blaine just like visibly hating his brother for some reason. Sure. Uh, I I think it's because Cooper is also a mystical creature, yes. some sort of trickster, uh, who has has a glamour on himself to make everyone around him love him. See, that's part of it. Is we're we're gonna get to it, but in a couple scenes, one of the things that is very entertaining for me to think about is that like cooper everyone eats up cooper's bullshit yeah they eat his garbage so readily and it's like so obviously stupid and wrong and like blaine is just like why are you even writing this down this is obviously wrong yeah, which, <laughs> which i was like blaine is super jealous of the fact that like he could just do this like all he has yeah, all these blaine, people to blaine's not powerful enough yeah um I okay. I have I have another theory. I've I've got a, some compounding theories here. Okay. So we've we've seen that Blaine is able to like sort of he was able to conquer Sebastian because of like the cough syrup ritual. Sure. He 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 harnessed his power through song and dance. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Which Cooper is able to do on a wide scale, sort of like a like a believing in fairies kind of thing okay well i mean everyone's <laughs> the more admire the more admirers they have the more powerful they are well i was gonna say i i think there's something to do with song in general because okay. as like as their magic because part of it is that cooper's commercial has this little like jingle it has a song yeah and everyone yeah. seems to know it and like i think their magic comes from song maggie i think that's how yeah. they cast their spells <laughs> no that is Yes. Yep. <laughs> which explains a lot of the like sing your feelings thing too, which is very of nice. Of course. Because otherwise it's just garbage. Because <laughs> otherwise it's just garbage that doesn't make any sense. Yes. But so. Uh, yeah. So obviously Cooper is also a trickster demon. Yes. <laughs> but like. <laughs> and they're, and him one. and his little brother are butting heads. Yes. Um. So let's, let, we'll come back to this. Don't you worry. First, we have to talk about Senior Ditch Day because yes. trope or whatever. Um, yeah, we get uh, a comedic list Yes, at the beginning, which is, I realized while watching this that that is such a fucking glee thing. <laughs> it's to just have characters list some, like, have a long list of different characters saying things that are almost jokes. And when you put them all together, it's a joke, some, well, sort of. It, it's it's a lot like 
pitch perfect jokes, which is that each person is a stereotype joke. Is a stereotype. So they all just sort of say clash against each other. Yeah, well, they, yes. they all say their stereotype joke. And then in yes. a list, it's funny because, you know, Mike Chang wants to watch a the list. dancing movie and Mercedes <laughs> suggested the sober bar crawl, which is like, what? Okay. But Mike suggesting the Footloose marathon is so cute. It like is. he's like Footloose, Footloose 2011. <laughs> like his his eyes light up. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, Kurt suggests a musical scavenger hunt, and uh, Santana's like that sounds like torture. <laughs> well, my my favorite is at the end. Brittany is like, I just want to. It's spring. I just want to see something give birth. <laughs> and everybody laughs like everyone's like Brittany you're so funny like that's <laughs> which is never a reaction that people have to Brittany so it feels awkward yeah. uh, but the reason why everyone is laughing is because Rachel has to bring the mood way down <laughs> yeah Rachel turns it about turns it around turns it about Quinn being in a wheelchair the crash and also Rachel is crying everyone stop and how stopped. it's Rachel's fault Rachel is crying Quinn was in the crash yes yeah. Uh, she cries, and it's annoying. Yes. <laughs> yep. Because um, yeah. it, it doesn't feel... Gen- I guess it feels genuine that Rachel is, like, upset, but it's like, hey, Rachel, Someone you're else not is in, in a wheelchair. wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's... Oh, Rachel. Yeah, and Quinn... Like, part of it, what's weird about this episode for me is that Quinn... Quinn's character vacillates between being insufferable and also being like super chill because she's like, yeah, hey, everyone let's cool our tits. I'm in the wheelchair. So all of you can just like calm down a little bit. Like let's yeah, not talk all of about you it. Can maybe all of you can maybe chill and not focus so much on this traumatic injury. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, which, yeah. And then she, she suggests six flags for senior ditch day yes. because what isn't a good senior ditch day besides Six Flags, really? That sounds awesome, though. Yeah. I'd love to go to Six Flags. Um, So this transitions into Puck, Puck Pulls Fin Aside. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I do want to mention, uh, earlier uh, at the be- in the booty camp scene where Sue is running it, Finn is late because he was trying to get tickets to like the Railroad Museum for Senior Ditch Day. Oh, God, what a square, you know? I know he's he sucks. So <laughs> I would still go to that museum, but maybe not for Senior Ditch Day, and maybe not with uh, Finn. Yeah, definitely not with Finn. For sure, not with Finn. Uh, Puck has pulled Finn aside to do a little pitch, a pool pitch, if you will. Puck's pool pitch. Mm. You didn't like that? I mean, it's fine. I worked really hard on it, <laughs> okay. and I really wanted to hit those plosives. Well, let's let's uh, put that back in our back pocket, and you know, on a mm-hmm. rainy day, we can pull it back out. But for now, he tells Finn that he needs a brains for his yes for, <laughs> for his pool cleaning business. Uh, he's like, "Oh, Finn, with your brains and my jawline, we'll rip through L.A." Um, because he's proposing that they move to California because there's way more pools there. Um, also, much m- like a probably a pretty booming business for pool cleaning, but you know he doesn't really mention that. And um, that they're gonna fix a jacuzzi. Yeah, well, for a tube top lady. Finn reminds us that his plan is to do what it's Rachel told him to do and go to New York. Um, and so, but Puck does get him to agree to quote fix a busted motor um and then also maybe fix the ladies jacuzzi afterwards 
Sorry. Apparently, my body didn't want me to tell that joke. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is bad. Yes. Uh, yeah. Puck's just like, hey, just think about it, man. Be like Abraham Lincoln. Because he starts off his pitch with like a series of pictures. Yeah. It's, you you it's a whole mispronounce thing. that, Maggie. A broham Lincoln. Excuse me. <laughs> it's okay. terrible. So the next scene is Cooper. Cooper's back. He's being introduced to the new directions by Sue. Because this is like Sue's plan. Is that she's going to have this Hollywood actor slap these kids into shape. Yeah. Well, or something. Like, it's because yeah, she's too mean. Something? She's She's too mean. She's been instructed that she's been too mean. So she's going to have Cooper teach them because she is starstruck by Cooper. Or Sue's, bo- Sue's bovine injections make her... A lot more um, uh, susceptible to Cooper's glamour. Yeah, and I mean, I, she is just overwhelmed. I, I think these normies are just really susceptible to Cooper's glamour. Yeah, uh, he, Cooper does kiss her full on the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Maybe he's controlling her by kissing her on the mouth. I don't know about that, but he does kiss her full on the mouth. Like he he gets introduced, he walks across the room and just smacks her one. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's just like, oh, oh, ah, yeah. okay. Um, so, yeah. So Everyone but Blaine loves Cooper yes. intensely. Which, this leads to Rachel compelling the Andersons to perform. Because much yeah. because she's been raised in a household where this sounds plausible. Um, <laughs> because she asked, there must have been many a Christmas where the two of you did a duet. Or something <laughs> like, but we've seen Rachel's house. We know that this is a thing. Yes, Me- meal time yes. songs. We, we know that they're and, singing. Yeah, you're the bottom. I'm the top. <laughs> <laughs> that joke is so good, though. Oh my god. Oh, it's it's so great. Um, so yeah, they are gonna sing together. They are gonna do a sibling duet, and it's "Hungry Like the Wolf" by Duran Duran. Well, Maggie. <laughs> it's not just "Hungry Like the Wolf." It's a mashup of "Hungry Like the Wolf" and "Rio," both by Duran right. Duran. <laughs> <laughs> Which my favorite part is before this starts because uh, the reason this happens is because Cooper is like we had a really famous competition around the neighborhood with our dueling Sean LeBlancs or whoever the fucking lead singer of yes Duran Duran is Duran Duran is but um, uh, but. Yeah, and then he, like, goads Blaine into coming up there with him, because Blaine is like, oh, no, I, I couldn't. I don't want <laughs> Please, to. Please, no. Um... <laughs> and then Cooper's like, oh, come on, Blaine, we got to. And he and he gets down there, and he starts taking his cardigan off. Yeah. And Cooper's like, oh, the cardigan's coming off. Well, I, th- I think it's important to mention that he is wearing a sweater vest underneath <laughs> of his cardigan. <laughs> How is he not the sweatiest human alive? Maggie, he's magic. Also, my favorite part is before they start the song, Cooper turns to Shu and is like, is Duran Duran okay? And I was like, Shu literally eats this shit for breakfast. Like, this is more, (laughs) like, Journey and Duran Duran are like half, like half cousins. Come on. Maybe it's like Duran Duran is too... Sexy? Sexy? Yeah. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Along those lines, this number is great because it is very good. It, the choreography is again hokey as hell, but but so <laughs> co- coordinated. It's amazing. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> almost like almost like cheerleader esque. Yes, honestly. Um, yeah, it's great though. It's so good. There's a very strange part where there's a 
super close up of Blaine's face and like a distorted um <laughs> well where he goes like hungry like the wolf yeah. but it's distorted and like all up on his face like it's you barely see all of it his chin is cut off cuz it it's so close well i was going to say the thing that i think is it, what's funny about that for me is the other thing i wrote is that this is a perfect mashup of rio and hungry like the wolf cuz like they just flow yeah. together they do, yeah. which is why I well, like yeah, I, exactly. for when you, for a second when you're like it's a mashup, I was like, oh yeah, you're right, it is a mashup. <laughs> yeah, because it's very good. Yes. Um, the best part is probably Santana's face yes. right after that distortion, yes. uh, uh, like the close up distortion moment. Uh, because she's just mouth agape, like, <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> Me too, Santana. Oh my god, for all of us. Hashtag all of us. Um, yeah, it's it's very fun also because the dancing gets very one uppy very fast. Yes, <laughs> like it's yeah. Cooper like goes into the into the audience uh, per se, you know, like up on the risers yeah. with the rest of them, and Blaine is like, oh, I I gotta do something, so he jumps on the piano <laughs> and then just sort of rides around up there for a little while. It's great. Yes. Uh, it's, it, I don't know. I really like this. I think it's great. I really liked it too. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> but yeah. So once that ends, Cooper tops it off with a fantastic, he, he's hugging Blaine by the side and he says to Blaine, I was really good in that number. <laughs> and then he tousles his gelled hair. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yes. So yeah, that's um that's the best number of the episode so far. Uh, and we go to breadsticks where the bros are having their bespoke lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Cooper, we we cut into this because Cooper is doing an Irish accent on yes. the waitress. Yes. God bless you, Sue and... Sylvester. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and Kurt's uh, not Kurt. Blaine is like, um. Could you not do that <laughs> while we're here eating lunch together? And uh, he's like, oh, no, this is a great place to practice your accents in the service industry. Of course, you got to keep your, your voice toned, your your body sharp. And then he says something about your toes being ears. Well, no, no. So what he what he does first is he gets very critical of Blaine, which is to like mm-hmm. set up this like sibling relationship that like he's the yeah. older brother. He's always been very critical of Blaine. Um, yeah, he was he like says something about Blaine's dancing and he's like, you needed to have a better theme. And Blaine's Blaine's like, well, my theme was dancing. <laughs> but, yeah. And then, well, the best part, because then he says the line that you're talking about where he's like, some some famous guy once said that, like, the fingers are the eyes, eyes. of the body. Yes. And he's like, but he never said that the toes are the ears. And the way that <laughs> the way that Matt Bover says it is just yeah. spot on for, like, so full of bullshit. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> spot on for bullshitting. Really well done. Uh, and Blaine's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I hate you and you've been terrible to me my whole life. Well, so yes, yeah, so we, we do have to talk about this. There's a flashback to young Blaine Ugh. who is wearing a bow tie and a sweater vest, first of all. Can we, can we talk about the casting for young Blaine? Well, cause this kid went on to do young Sheldon, right? Did, did he? <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, I don't think that's a good little Blaine. No. Really? Personally. Oh, he's so cute, I, I don't. 
just because he's cute doesn't mean that he looks like Darren Chris. Maggie, as have you ever met people talking about child actors? It doesn't matter how good they are. It matters what their parents they just have do. To be cute. It matters what their how much money their parents have. Mm, whatever. Okay. So but- yeah, this little flashback is very dumb, uh, especially because the child actor isn't very good. No. Uh- well, it's yeah because apparently Blaine is dancing to Mbop. Um, mm-hmm. which has been because st- of course Blaine loves Han- Hanson which, of course which has been stuck in my head since watching it um, and also so like Cooper criticizes him in that flashback like the young Cooper yes. it's stupid like and and baby Blaine is like oh I only learned how to walk three years ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I did a I did a better performance right there than baby Blaine did were you wearing You're a bow welcome. tie I was. Okay. You well, know they yeah. should put my they should put my voice <laughs> on top of the little baby. Oh. Um, yes. Yeah. So Cooper is like, you know, I'm really sorry if that happened, <laughs> which <laughs> sucks. Very typical older sibling. Let's not lie. <laughs> Very typical. I mean, Ugh. if that happened, I would be sorry for it. So is is this podcast? our version of big brother but like spread out i really hope not (laughs) i like to think of it more as like me coming to terms with how terrible both this show is and like how terrible person i've been in my life oh okay you can be terrible too if you want i I, like i'm a white dude we're both having yeah we're both having like self-awakening yeah we're being real woke um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so Cooper tells Blaine in the present that he has come back to see Blaine specifically. So mm-hmm. if Blaine could just support him for once, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we close off the scene with a little bit more accent work. <laughs> Where and uh, so like he talks to the waitress one more time, and the best part is the last like tiny little line in the scene is Blaine being like oh, the accent. <laughs> Well, because he also says top of the morning to you, which is like, yeah. Anyway, oh, God. Darren Chris's performance is so good because I really believe that Blaine hates him. Yeah. Well, uh, here's a question. How does this flashback work with the fact that they're both eternal trickster demons? That could have happened millennia ago. Hanson came out in the 90s. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay, great. It doesn't matter. You're right. Um, also, it, it doesn't like they don't have to be ageless. This could have been in like a different dimension, a different realm. True. Okay. You know. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I just wanted to it's... make sure that we covered it. I'm sure someone would have brought it up. Me. Oh yeah. We don't. We don't want a hole in our metafiction. Oh never. <laughs> uh, so, so the next scene is the steepest accessibility ramp in Lima, Ohio. I I don't know who's measuring these things, but they need a better job. Artie is measuring them. <laughs> so Artie is making Quinn go up this ramp because it's very dramatic. And also Quinn makes some fun grunting noises. And that's all we need to say about it. Well, that's it. I mean, this leads to a conversation where Artie tells Quinn, we're not going to Six Flags because that sucks when you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. So we're going to go do something else instead. And Quinn is like, but it's my yes. senior ditch day. And then Artie's like, it's grow up. It's my senior ditch day. And it was my idea. And I want to live my best life as Quinn Fabray. <laughs> um, that was a really mean impression. And she definitely doesn't sound like that. I mean, to be fair, um, you, she turned more into like a YouTuber and less like whiny. <laughs> I just want to live my best life. And I'm Quinn Fabray. 
like and subscribe. I'm Quinn fucking Fabre. Smash, smash that like button. Smash it. And don't forget to hit that little, the little bell so that you get notifications whenever I post a video. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, the scene is cute though. The, yeah. Their interaction is cute, and they seem, you know, the thing is like every scene where they like have genuine interaction it doesn't seem like these characters interacting it seems like these actors having a good time together does that make sense yeah well and that's that's something that we've taught we've had before where like Brittany and Artie's relationship was mostly because heather morris told ryan murphy that she just wanted to <laughs> hang out with the actor who plays <laughs> Artie, and it's yes. like okay so that's probably just happening here too like Whatever. It's fine. I, I still like them. I like their interaction. It's cute and it's fun. And this show needs yes. to be more cute and more fun. If only it seemed like characters doing it. You know? Because, <laughs> like, cause I don't know. Every time that we get, like, for real, like, gritty character work from Quinn or something, it's like a robot talking. Oh, yeah. But when she's talking to Artie in this scene, she seems, like, a- well, approachable and human. Maggie, that's because the lines they write for Quinn are awful because they hate are bad quinn. they hate quinn a lot <laughs> and when quinn just gets to be herself she's fine but when she has to be i their think it's just like yeah. i think it's like they just don't know how teen girls talk also well and also i think that's part of the problem i, I think it's partially that and also they made her like the token religious girl and mm-hmm. like she's the white one like she's like white and privileged and the head cheerleader so i think they just don't really understand and they just turned her into like this weird stereotype which then made yeah. her like this weird moralistic like terrible Mouthpiece. person yeah so yeah so the next scene it's Cooper's master class. Yes. He's here to do an acting master class, and he has two things to start off the class with. One, don't go to college. It's a waste of time. Two, don't go to New York. Broadway is dead. Yes. Which... I love this scene so fucking much. <laughs> yeah, it's... So good. It then, like, we were talking about a little bit earlier. This is essentially the part where, like, all the Glee Club members just, like, eat up his garbage. They just, like... They are, like, feasting. enwrapped. They, they can't look away. Uh, Rachel and Kurt are both taking very studious notes. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, this is the part where Blaine is like, why are you writing this down? Because he's talking about, like... The headshots or pointing or something yeah. stupid. Well, he's talking. He's like, turn into a pose. Just this one and then one more and then one more. It's, it's just so good. God, it's so good. Yes. The pointing is because that's how you make a scene uh, dramatic is by pointing because people point at things. I am pointing in real life, by the way. I, I figured. I was, I've been pointing at you this whole time. Yeah. Thank oh my god I could tell that you were that you were serious because well, of the pointing and in in regards to the other other piece of advice I've also been ignoring you this whole time that's why I've been stepping over <laughs> you so much I don't <laughs> care what you're doing I'm just making sure that I provide my best performance so yeah uh, one of my favorite parts from the scene is he's like when you first get a scene to read you have to tell is this comedic or dramatic sometimes it can be hard to tell so you my recommendation. Ask the director, and then they'll realize that you're an actor who's not afraid to ask the tough questions. <laughs> and Sugar is just like, yeah, yes. Like, she's like oh my god. This, the the thing about this is that this scene is just garbage, but like in the best way. Like this is in the best way. They were like, Matt Bomer, do you want to just come on and like 
say shit, like pretend to be a good actor. And he's like, oh my God, you have no idea how long I've been waiting to do this. Like, <laughs> this is my dream role. <laughs> I get to meet Darren Chris. Um, oh, maybe Blaine maybe Scoff more than meter meet, is. Wink. Hmm? I said maybe more than meet. Wink. Oh, oh, God, we're not going to talk about the fan fiction yet. Uh, uh, so Blaine's scoff meter is over 9,000 yeah. in this Yes, in this scene. He's just like, ugh, 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 like the whole time. It's so great. Yeah, he's very sickened by how easy it is for Cooper to just make these pigs eat out of his fucking hands, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, then Cooper pulls out some NCIS scripts. For everyone to practice with. Uh, Tina plays the dead body. <laughs> Which, Maggie, before before we get much farther, I have to correct you. It is CSI. You might be confused because this is extremely transphobic, but, like, it is CSI. <laughs> no, no, no. He says NCIS. I know this for sure. Okay. Because there's a joke where Puck is like, my Nana loves that show. I thought that was someone else who talked about NCIS no. in a different no. episode. No, well, NCIS sucks. Anyway. <laughs> Maggie's um, diatribe against NCIS. Wait, for, just wait for season seven of Sam Maggie Hate Glee, where we watch NCIS. No, never. <laughs> I can't. But so, um, like you're saying, Tina's the dead body. Supposedly, she's a man in a dress, and Ooh. there's a bad. There's not a very nice word that Blaine is supposed to say in his script. Um, I think part like partly why Blaine looks so uncomfortable here is because he has to say something very transphobic. Yeah, I would agree. It's gross. Or at least I would hope so. Yeah. I, I mean, Maggie, Cooper's reasoning is that he's not pointing enough. Um, he's not pointing enough. Rachel is, though. She um she points. She looks directly at the script and doesn't move her face because she knows that what Cooper said is to ignore your scene partner. Yes. And she points so fiercely that she nearly like like plucks Blaine's eye out. Yeah. Eye. Yes. <laughs> it's been through a enough. Freshly healed one. Yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah. uh, and this turns into like a full on brother argument. Yeah. Uh, where like Cooper is giving Blaine a note about his performance. Like he's like, you need to point. You need to point more. And Blaine's just like, can't you just support me? Which <laughs> you're my brother. To be fair, it gets really good because Cooper's like, I didn't hear anything you just said because you weren't pointing. And everyone applauds. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, everyone applauds, which just serves my theory even more. Yes. Uh, and then he's like, okay, so that was great. Now we're going to transition into the emotion tornado, and the scene ends. We don't find out what that is. Well, it does involve putting your hands in the air, though. So, like, yes. I wish it's, it's it's up in the it's up in the rafters with the second verse of uh, Trouty Mouth. Maybe someday <laughs> we'll be bestowed by its greatness, but like, no, probably not. So the next scene opens on um uh like a Barbie doll getting fished out of a pool because it's Puck and Finn uh doing this like jacuzzi job together and the bespoke tube top lady is here. She's not wearing a tube top in the scene though. Um and she's like, Oh, I heard you're going into business together. I'd be a silent partner if you like, or a noisy one and then she winks and leaves, thank God. <laughs> Which well I do you think the Barbie doll being fished out of the pool is supposed to be a metaphor? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Puck has like a whole lecture to Finn about how Finn needs to be more selfish, think about himself more instead of Rachel, about how Rachel should be thinking about Finn and how they all need to go to L.A. Well, yeah, I I think that there is some value to this where Puck essentially tells Finn, maybe yeah. think about yourself for once in your life because he's literally just riding Rachel's coattails right now. Um, it's true. Um, and, and, and that Finn needs to, like, figure out what he wants to do instead of just, um, I guess, live in Rachel's house and bring her Diet Cokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that does sound like a nice life, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Okay. So we both just want to be kept wives, Sam. What's going on? Everyone there? on earth wants to be a kept wife. <laughs> that's, that's how, uh, that's, what, not li- if, that's what life is, Maggie. Sam, not if feminism has anything to say. <laughs> Maggie, if, Sorry, if, feminism that was gets dumb. Its way, if feminism gets its way, we're all going to be trophy wives. So. <laughs> yes. Um, no, that's socialism. Okay. So. The next scene is at Sue's doctor's appointment. Yes. Which, again, reminder, Will and Emma invited themselves here. Yes. And they're all sitting in the waiting room. Sue is having, like, anxiety about having a boy. Like, she's like, I feel sick to my stomach just thinking that I have a boy inside of me. I mean, um, she has. She makes some good points. Boys are disgusting, so... Yeah, uh, she's like, and I don't have a straight answer about why they have nipples. I have one for you. Would you like? I would like to would hear. Would you like it. to yes. know? Uh, so the reason why um, male people have nipples is because ev- uh, like everyone is genderless when you first start out as a little fetus. Well, not gender. Well, everyone's genderless all the time. What am I saying? Uh, everyone is sexless when you start out as a little fetus, and the nipples get made before. Um, anything else is decided hmm. pretty much that is that reminds me that is one of the things i really like about this part of the plot is that they always refer to it as sex um and not gender yeah. which is cool yeah um they do they do still use like girl and boy yeah though, that's true well which is like inherently gendered but what can you do you know it's tv yeah. uh we do find out that her baby is a girl and then there is a moment yes where the doctor's like however there were some ab- uh, abnormalities in your amnio which effectively then the scene yeah here's the thing <clears throat> i don't think glee actually does a very good job of this and you you no. shouldn't need to have like a biology degree or like a medical license yeah. to know what this is effectively the irregularities in your amnio mean that it's likely that your child has down syndrome or a similar yeah. genetic abnormality so yep yeah so yeah which uh but we don't find out anything specific no. uh i half appreciate that it's like not gratuitous digging into yeah. this but also like i don't really see a point well there the point is that in a couple scenes she's gonna hug becky i guess yeah, and why do they put that like tiny little snippet of a scene there instead of whatever? I'm yeah. I'm over it. I'm over yeah. it. I just don't like this plot line. I'm not interested. Sure. Yeah. So, uh so we open the next scene where Cooper is uh taking a picture with Rory and Sugar and he reveals that he's had sex with Flo, <laughs> yes. the progressive spokesperson. Yep. She's been the progressive spokesperson that feels like forever, you know? 
it's, that's a good gig, though. Yeah, it is. You it's know, like, you only have to film, like, a couple commercials a year, and you're set. I was going to say, it's like the free credit rating online.com gig. It's yeah. really good, real lucrative. I bet they all have, like, big conventions about, like, how to be a spokesperson or something, and that's how he met Flo. Maybe. Or he stalked her because he's a creep. Anyway, oh. um, apparently... Oh, I hope not. Cooper, Cooper tells Blaine that he has landed an audition for a Michael Bay movie, which is unnamed so we know it's transformers 4 <laughs> and then uh cooper is like you know you shouldn't have kurt pick out your clothes for you which okay there's no way blaine blaine has a very specific aesthetic and we even fucking saw it with the little blaine like yeah how what <laughs> how we how we looked exactly the same well there's there's a moment where blaine is like he t- does not <laughs> like, like oh like you know indignant um, it does a little indignant but also like maybe a lie <laughs> she she I, doth protest too much yeah i love the idea that kurt knows blaine's aesthetic a lot and just like curates his shopping carts for him you know See, that sort of thing yeah i i feel like i feel like blaine's shops shops on brooks brothers for boys yeah. <laughs> like maybe maybe <laughs> kurt has some like tips and like some like mm-hmm. tweaks but it's definitely a very separate thing i just yeah, yeah. anyway so blaine essentially Cooper's like, you have to help me practice for my audition. Let's do senior ditch day, even though you're not a senior, because that makes sense. Um, And then (laughs) Blaine tells him off and is like, I'm not doing that. And then this gets weird. Then. So Blaine starts doing a speech with like some music underneath. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, what is this? Um, And he's like, you're not going to tear me down. I, I, you, I hate you, Cooper. Except it's a lot, a little bit more poetic than that, yeah. and it turns into Christina Aguilera's fighter. Yes, it's amazing. This is my shit. But like, diegetic, non-diegetic. No, it's all a dream sequence, definitely. <laughs> Except it's like. It is sort of weird. Like, Blaine starts singing in Cooper's face, pretty much. And he walks down the hallway, and Cooper, like, turns and watches him walk away, like, sort of confused. Exactly. He's like, hmm. So, like, I don't know about that bit, but... (laughs) Well, and he interacts with people during this number. Like, he, he, like, interacts with the cheerleaders that show him the video. Like... But not... But the song could still be in his head, right? Okay, sure. Yes. I'm saying this is a dream sequence okay. for okay. sure because why would these chicks be watching the um the free cr- I guess because Cooper Anderson just walked down the hallway yes I... uh so <laughs> Blaine transitions from walking down the hallway kind of angrily which I just love angst Blaine oh he's God. so cute with his little high waters and he's so angry look at him punch stuff <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so we we get more of the punching bag. And also, yeah, because he goes into the locker room yeah. and he he's taking off his shirt. Guess what? There's another layer under there. The well, fuck you, Glee. Okay, <laughs> well, Maggie, hold on. I, I wanted to see Darren Chris's torso. Excuse me. Well, you get to see at least half of it. It's not enough. Yeah, it, it is funny though because he does have some trouble getting his shirt off, and like you're kind of like, ooh, like time for some time for some abs. And no, no, he's wearing a he's wearing an undershirt. But also, Darren Chris wouldn't have abs. He's just not an Abby kind of guy. Are you sure? I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Not that I've envisioned what his torso would look like plenty of times or anything like that. Oh, jeez. Um, no, so then he punches. We, we do, yeah. Yeah, he does some punching, and he's like, I'm a fighter. I'm not going to stop. Right, and then he showers. <laughs> While he's punching. We, yeah, and we get to see that back shot, though. And, like, half of his yeah. half of his upper torso. You know yeah, I was looking. from the You back. know I was looking. Yeah, no nips. But, uh, yeah, and then... And then we get to the most bizarre part of this, which is... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I we should mention Cooper was like sort of peeking in at the at the box oh, uh, yeah. when he was doing the punching bag thing. Yes. Cooper was like, who? Yes. Sort of a will kind of move. Um, and yeah, then we get to the auditorium. Blaine runs down the house like aisle to the stage where it is full of TV screens with Cooper's face. Yes, because it's the it's the commercial for parts of it, but zoomed in. <laughs> and like yeah, because like other parts are like very 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 close up on Cooper's face, like only a piercing blue eye. Basically, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, is it? It's so it's good. So, <laughs> it's so weird. I. I loved it so much. Like he, like he's singing or whatever, and then he turns around and he sees all the screens, and he's like, "Oh, I!" Ah, and he starts singing even more intensely, and then he turns around and just like this little hunch thing where he like slowly starts to rise. Oh, it's so great! I loved it. I, I'm just miffed that we didn't get him punching a screen because, like, yeah, you wanted it to like. Well, here's what should have happened is at the very end of the song, he punches a screen and the, uh, the RL screen, screen shatters. crackles. Yes. And then we get, we shatter into the next scene. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would have been so terrible. Shattered the commercial. Um, yeah, no. Uh, instead we, we, um, we silhouette to commercial. Yes. Like the, well, yeah. it's just my big thing is that this is the second time this has happened in two episodes. So, like, it is it is a shame that they are back to back. Like, he's angst singing <laughs> on the stage, very, very angstily. Like, yes, just... so angstily. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it. He sings very well. It's just fucking weird. The song is weird, and like, I just loved it so much no i know you did and like i don't dislike it i just am very confused as to why it's here that's part of why i liked it is that it is confusing okay i i hate to bring the mood down but we gotta talk about my toes because uh joe is in the episode for like a second because finn almost steps on his toes while he's walking and texting Hey, my toes, man. Watch the toes. Because you'll remember he doesn't wear shoes. Like, yeah. that's a character trait. Doesn't wear shoes. His, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, and Quinn sees Finn doing this and is like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. Well, you should not text him. No, no, Maggie. Cop Quinn here is here to lay a <laughs> warning down. And it's like... What if she had a little tiny ticket oh that she like wrote out? Oh, for like him. a little hat, texting and walking. She had like a little police hat and like a little badge. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, no, but she has the line. That's exactly how I started, which is just like, what? Yeah, it's like implying that like walking while texting is a slippery slope to texting and driving. Well, um, and like the 
Um, the thing is, this has to be a joke, right? Like, this has to be tongue-in-cheek. I I don't think it is, is the thing. Like, that's why it's just so unpalatable, is that it, it only comes across as, like, preaching. It doesn't come across as a joke to me at well, all. The thing is, Finn says the thing, where, where Quinn is like, he's like, well, I'll never do it again, unless I'm in class, or at a movie. Or at a movie theater. Or on the toilet. Yeah. And it's like... But that's also not while walking. So. I know, but like, that's a joke, right? Like, people don't, people don't text at the movies, saying... right? They don't do that. That's awful. They should what? never do that. People absolutely text at the movies. <laughs> oh my god! How else are you gonna do an insular meme where you send somebody "lol yes"? <laughs> the person sitting next lol, to you. Lol, OMG! <laughs> oh god. Um, those ads though. Um, those ads before the movies were. Yeah, those ads before the movies. Uh, okay, that I don't. I I hope that's not like a regional like a thing. regional thing. I, I bet it totally is. Uh, what Sam and I are referencing is that there's like a bunch of ads that in this region of the country before movies for a little while they would have like a don't text during the movie, and it was just somebody saying like "lol omg" all caps. <laughs> oh um, God! Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> that's, that's that's what we were referencing. That's Southwest movie culture. Um, Yay! And so then Quinn tells Finn because Artie arrives that the the two of them are not going to Six Flags because fuck that noise. Artie has better plans. Yes. And then the next scene is Becky and Sue having their heart to heart and their hug uh, because it has been implied that Sue's baby will have downs uh and this scene just sort of cements that yeah. and becky tells sue to work on her patience as a parent well see that's what this whole plot line is maggie is it's convincing sue that she needs to be nicer to people mm, it's another it's okay. another hormone injection um mm, all right yeah so the next scene is quarty that's quinn and Artie. Oh, how cute uh at senior ditch day but Instead of going to Six Flags, they went to the Crip Skip. Is that it, is what Artie calls is it. it a, isn't it a Crip Skip? Yeah. Oh, you said I That's thought you I said Crib it. Skip, and I was like, no, the baby. No, I said crib. The, the pregnancy storyline was two seasons ago. No, um, yeah, hey. it's it's like a skate park. Um, it's cool. It's a skate park. It's a skate park for differently abled people. Yeah. Uh, which is cool, I guess. Uh, it, there are some like semi-gratuitous shots of people Beefing with it. like prosthetic limbs oh, and yeah. things oh no yeah i mean i think it's trying to imply it, they are cool though yeah, i think it's trying to it's trying to make sure that we the lay watcher who obviously are very well able like are are not differently abled and ha- yeah have to be able-bodied yeah. because we watch glee right that we would not understand what this is without lots of scenes of people with very <laughs> like you know different situations like the person that doesn't have legs or a person who has a prosthetic limb or whatever it's but i mean it's cool in like the x game sense or like you see some people yeah. doing some cool tricks and also some people beefing it real hard and like yeah yes uh they sing up 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 yes and it's what's yes. weird about this is that Quinn and Artie sing it, but it's also over a montage of all the yes. other people who went to Six Flags. 
Yeah, um, and I think the reason why they did that, a cut between uh, them at the skate park and Six Flags, is to make the skate park seem more exciting, because Quinn and Artie go down one hill, (laughs) barely, and it's not really even a hill. I'd say it's a mild slope. Well, that's, I I, I did put down, I think, because they're comparing it to a roller coaster that all the, like, you know regularly folks, able the people. new directions yeah, i'm trying to think of what the right yeah turn is. The, the rest yeah. of the new di- just able body well the the rest of the new directions went to um went to six flags right. the able-bodied folks are on a are on a roller coaster and they're getting ready to go um it's just good to note all the all of them are there except for blaine um sugar Tina. yeah i was gonna ask is sugar a senior <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> definitely not okay um, but yeah, so I guess they all just went on Senior Ditch Day. I guess. Their boyfriends are seniors. I guess. Is Rory a senior? Does he count as a senior because no. he's not coming back? He's not a senior, I would yeah, say. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like the song, to be quite honest. I think it's a good song. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, Quinn is, again, trembling. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, there is, the I think, the cutest moment of the scene is at the top of the roller coaster. Finn and Rachel are in the front of the roller coaster, and Finn says, I can see the tire shop. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. That's <sighs> the maybe the cutest thing Finn has ever done, and he's never going to do anything better than that. Yeah. Ever. Um, but, yeah, we get a lot of the roller coaster scene and also the ramp, like or the, like, slope thing you're talking about. They make it, they make yeah. it out to be very dramatic. I feel like the cinematography is still good. Like, I like... It's yeah. fine. They definitely just slapped a GoPro on the front of a roller coaster, but I mean that's what I want, I guess, yeah. for a roller coaster scene. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. Well, Next scene. Before we move there, we have to talk about. Yeah. Artie makes it sad by telling yes. Quinn that she's not going to get better, and then. Well, that's what I was going to bring oh, okay. up. Like so, after the montage is over, yeah. Quinn and Artie are like, Quinn's like, I had such a good time today going down that single slope. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, because like, I, th- I thought about it. So I thought about it so much as I was watching the scene, I was like, so six flags is probably a whole day activity, like at least six, six hours or so. How long were, th- were they at this skate park? Like how long can you stay at a skate park? Well, with, like- it's definitely like sunset at this, at this last scene. No, I know it's not. What am I even saying? I am just imagining. No, that. It's, I'm adding that. It's I'm day. adding that in my mind. <laughs> they spent the whole uh, day at the skate park. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely overthinking this yeah. though, and we shouldn't focus no. on it. Uh, so yeah, Quinn and Artie have an argument. Which um, okay, it was interesting. I just want to bring this up real quick because, like, when I was watching it, I was like, Quinn is the worst because Quinn is like, I'm not like you. I'm gonna get better. Like, I'm yeah. not like you people. I'm fine. Um, which I was like, that's so offensive. But when I was watching it with Chris, Chris was like, Artie is so awful. <laughs> which, to be fair, no, Artie it's... is also awful because he's like, hey, don't have hope you're going to get better. That's off. Like, cut, get on yeah, my level. Yeah, and he also doesn't know, like, the specifics of Quinn's diagnosis right. and, like, recovery plan. Like, from what we've heard, she is... Gonna get better. Like, like yeah. She, like, she is going to get better. Like, so yeah and like Artie just sort of assuming like he's like you just need to accept that this is your life and she's like um no <laughs> i am but like also fucking chill yeah. which that that's the thing is i think the the conclusion of this for me is 
Both of them kind of suck. <laughs> they do. So the next scene, uh, we are back in McKinley. Quinn is struggling with her locker because it's one of the upper lockers. It's been her locker all four years. She, It's hers. Yes. She's going to keep it. Uh, and Joe is just suddenly there, teen Jesus. And he's like, oh, maybe you should try to ask for a lower locker, Quinn. Then they walk to class together and... Joe's like, I've been praying for you. Quinn says, yeah, a lot of people have been praying for me to walk again. And he says, no, I've been praying for you to accept your journey wherever it may lead. Yeah. Which it's like Joe is like a is like a chill Christian yes. in a way that I can get down. With, <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, he 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 says that he's praying for God's strength to help her like kind of accept her fate, I guess. Um, yeah. Which. Yeah. Where, well, like what? Like, not even her fate or whatever. He's like, whatever path you may follow, something like yeah, that. Yeah, real hippie shit. But um, Quinn gets very upset about this. Well, what she says is she's like, oh, when you finish praying, you can get up and walk away. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> she realizes right away was not a chill thing to say because she calls herself a self, self-obsessed self bitch. Yeah, that's true. Um and then Joe's just like, hey, it's chill. No worries. Because <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe is cool. Or hi. <laughs> Maybe both. Um, both. Both. Um, and then she recruits Joe to join the New Direction. It finally happened. We knew it had to happen. And it just. We knew it had to happen because of the Glee Project. Just, Thanks, Glee Project. It just took Quinn getting into a car accident for this to, this to finally happen. Oh, um, but so then to cut in. To cut to this, we go back to booty camp um, where yes. Quinn announces Joe is now in Glee Club because that's how it works. Just like the Cheerios it last is, episode, though. if you want to join us now, you can because we need as many warm-bodied well, folks as we can get. The The new directions have always let people that's in, true. no matter their audition. Well, except, Sugar is in the group. Except Becky, Maggie. That's true. They never let Becky in, did nope. they? So, double standard, Mr. Shu. Um, so then Sue stands up in front of all of them, and she, quote, apologizes, um, saying a lot of mm. really mean things, because that's what Sue does. Um, yep. And then, but she she leads to two conclusions. The first of which is maybe one of my favorite things ever, um, which is, one, Mr. Schuster needs at least one adult friend. <laughs> Yes. She's like, I'm here because Shu needs one adult friend. And then two, and it's kind of going back to that kind of shitty thing where she like praised Will a couple episodes ago um, for being optimistic or whatever. But she's like... Yeah, well, that's also why she wanted teen boy sperm. Right, exactly. Because, well, (laughs) no, she wanted teen boy sperm because she didn't like the quality of folks who were at the the sperm bank, Maggie. It wasn't because it wasn't of their optimism. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, her fetus needs good vibes. <laughs> That's like the best way to that... put it, though. <laughs> oh, but so then she finishes up by being like, hey, like, I'll be nice to you if you actually fucking try. How about that? How yeah. about that for reals, though? <laughs> I love Kurt's outfit in this scene. I, I thought did it was not really clock cute. it. Let me know. Um, it was uh, like an athleisure. Oh, my God. Uh, like, ironic uh america americana sort of vibe <laughs> um yeah okay so the next scene is margaret thatcher dog oh my god kurt has a little stuffed dog that he does a margaret thatcher voice with to 
I don't know, amuse, blame. And uh, then they talk about brotherly love. And Kurt's like, you need to go reconcile with Cooper. And Blaine says, oh, well, Cooper's gone. Like, he went to that audition for Transformers 4. Then Kurt's just like, oh, no, he's still here. And he wants to see you. With no explanation as to why Kurt knows that. Well, I'm assuming they set it up together. Have they been texting? Probably. Do you think? Well, Cooper just... It's obvious that Cooper has his tendrils in all of these people now. So, like... He does. Yeah. So, um... Oh, gross. I don't... We're not talking about fan fiction yet. Um, so... <laughs> oh, the no, best part no, of, no. The best part of this is that Kurt... Blaine's like, I can't talk to him. And Kurt's like, you don't have to talk to him. Just, you know, <laughs> use your special voodoo powers... <laughs> instead to sing yeah and so like blaine's like yeah that's a good idea and then and then we get to the number which is somebody that used to know and is like this song it's a romantic breakup song that should not be sung by two brothers trying to reconcile it doesn't make sense yeah maybe maybe they're not actually brothers lovers yeah former lovers no uh i don't know there, there's plenty of fan fiction, um, <laughs> no, and by plenty I mean about 27 works on Archive of Our Own, and that's after you take out the um, the uh, non consensual t- uh, warning tag. Ugh. Yay! I, before the internet is a is a big garbage pile. Before we talk about that, I want to point out that this number, like Maggie, like it's inappropriate and weird. Um, they're both very talented, so that's fine, but, like... Yeah, and I think the song by itself is good, um, and the production is good as well, The like, there's some nice play with the lights, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of reminiscent of the original music video where that man is painted. The singer, Goche. The man. The man, and then the woman also is painted. Um... Sia, right? No, that's not right. I have no idea. Um, but then... Yeah, it's also got some shots of young them again. There's only one flashback. Oh, sure. uh, we It starts on a... The shot starts with Blaine uh, face forward to the camera in a different lighting than he was in in the previous shot, uh, turning halfway so that we see like this flashback start over his shoulder. Uh, and it's like Big Cooper... Like playing keep away with a toy <laughs> with Lil Blaine. Yes, because that relates to your records this. and changing your number or something. Um, Cooper, uh, I just this song is so his, weird. His vocals aren't great. No. Um, the, there's like some weird layering in Cooper's vocals that just make it sound not as good as as Blaine's, sure. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the song ends. It's a weird song. It was a weird choice. The only reason why they chose it is because that song was enormous. No, that song was at this literally time. everywhere. And looking back, I'm still bamboozled. Like, that song is... <laughs> it's, it's an okay, okay song. It's, o- it's okay. It's not a jam, uh, though. Like, uh, anyway... <laughs> but it was fucking everywhere. Yes. Um. So the band immediately leaves as soon as they the song ends. They're just like piecing out hard because they have to leave the stage empty for the bros heart to heart. We find out that the audition was canceled um, because they prefer 
Marky Mark and yep. I mean wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, and they um they reconcile. They they're like, yeah, we're brothers and we love each other, and I just want to support you forever. Well, I did write down the line: we're not just brothers, right? Mostly, mostly to support that uh... lovers. <laughs> yeah, but um. <laughs> Sam, listen, I have some links. I can send them to you. I mean, I need those links. I need something to do while I watch this really boring number. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so Cooper apologizes, like you're saying. There's some fun callback jokes in this scene where it's like, like there's one of the things that he had told them was that you could, you need to shout everything because you've made a choice as yes. an actor that you're going to shout everything. So then um, there's a joke where Blaine is like, you know, and I, you know, I, I'm sorry I didn't point at you while I said that. And also, and then he starts like shouting. He's like, I'm shouting because it's a, I'm an intense actor. Yeah, it's it's really yes. cute. Uh, their like interaction here feels really genuine and adorable. Mm-hmm. They're brothers. I love brothers. These are great brothers. Good brothers. It's where it should have ended probably, but we still have one more scene. <laughs> of course it's where it should have ended. But we got to cap off the episode with a Finchel scene to really add a hand <laughs> here. So Finchel talk about Callie because that's that's where the dramatic tension has been leading this whole episode. Yep. Not of, of the brother the brothers reconciling finally after that huge number where Blaine like talked about being a fighter. No, no, it's California. It's this. this is the real plot. Um, uh, Finn, Finn brings it up. And Rachel reminds him that it's her future that they're planning on, not mm-hmm. his. Well, he says she says our. Future. I know, she does I know say what she that. says, Maggie, but it's what she means. <laughs> I, I the way that I saw it here is that they're both having one-sided conversations. Mm-hmm. They're very like they're just both thinking for themselves, which rightfully they should be, and they shouldn't be getting married. Yeah, exactly. They're go. Their lives are going in two different directions. Are you yawning? A little bit. Did this vigil scene put you to sleep? A little bit. Did you notice um, Rachel's bow I did, top? actually. I was sad there wasn't anything, like, about it. It just is is a look, and it's very good. Like, it's a very good look. Yes. She's got, like, the polka dot yeah. skirt. It's very good. Rachel's Rachel's hair and bangs and look all Is all she, is she wearing gloves in this scene also? She might be. I wouldn't be surprised if she's wearing, like, lacy gloves. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so they're talking about Callie, and then they fight. Of course! Yes. Um, Rachel has, to cap it off, Rachel's like, I can't do this without you. And then Finn is like, well, you need to think real hard about whether you're in love with me or who you want me to be. And then he, like, storms off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's that's the episode. Yes. It's all finished. And now we have to do the podcast. Podcast. Business. Business. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars, gold stars are, are a metaphor for, for me being, being a star. star. That was terrible. I wish... I wish we had been as good as uh, that the Duran Duran <laughs> mashup. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have demon voodoo magic on our side to just put it all together. I think the fandom label for them is the Ander Bros. So, there you go. If you if you want to look for the fan fiction. Uh, okay, so now we're going to do the podcast business where we give out gold stars yes. to start. Who were you giving your gold star to? Um, okay. 
I this hang with me here. I'm giving my gold star yeah. to Santana. Um Okay. She has one line this episode. Yes. Um also but really it's because of that look that the that look she gives. Yeah. Because that's me for this episode. It's just like mouth agape being like what the fuck is this like how did this happen um but but isn't it like a thing you wanted to happen in retrospect i mean kind of <laughs> like i don't know it's just so weird and like the problem that i had is that all of the like main in quote main characters for this episode are like trash monsters so what Okay, let me give my gold stars out. I'm splitting them between the Ander brothers, okay. of course. Sure. They're uh, evil, Maggie. Have to, They're evil. Have to, uh, which is why I love them. <laughs> They're casting a glamour on you. I'm I'm okay, okay. with it. You, they can use their fey magic on me. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved Cooper. I thought he was just the best character we've had in a while. Like every time they bring in this, you know, like a a guest star and they have him do a song or two it's always exciting um yeah and then blaine was just so adorable angst blaine angst blaine yeah i mean i i had a reason for not picking yeah. blaine i don't remember what it is but i think it's mostly you you don't remember what it is because i loved blaine so much this episode and it's confused you maybe a little bit i think mostly it's like the fighter number is super weird and doesn't make sense and then the someone oh, I somebody it. that i used to know is also weird and doesn't make sense and i'm just like this whole plot line is weird no it's, it's not weird <laughs> so and i good. yeah but i mean <laughs> Whatever I okay. give, it, I give it to Santana. I'm not changing <laughs> who I'm giving my gold star to. You shouldn't. You yeah. shouldn't. Okay, so now we're gonna do best, uh, best number. Our choices are this episode. Uh, I'm still standing by Quinn and mm-hmm. Artie. Uh, Hungry like the wolf slash Rio. That is the Duran Duran mm-hmm. mashup. Then we have is fighter next after that. I think so. Seriously. Yeah. Damn, there's a big mass in the middle yep. there. Uh, fighter, and then Up, Up, yep. Up by uh, Quinn and Artie again. And then Somebody I Used to Know by Cooper and Blaine together. Yeah. Um, I'm giving my best number to Rio slash Hunger Like the Wolf because it's amazing. Good fucking choice. So good. Yes. It's so uh, good. Yeah. And I'm giving mine to Fighter, obviously. Sure, yeah. I <laughs> Maybe I should have done like... Uh, you know, like an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist and picked Up, Up, Up or something well, I was going like to say, I feel like honorable mention to like Up, Up, Up because it is a good song. Like, I feel like in another yeah. episode, I would have been like, yeah, this is nice, especially considering that most of the rest of the songs are garbage. But like, but like yeah. the Ander Bros are very uh, I mean, good. So yeah, I'd say most of the songs this episode exactly. are great. That's the problem. Um, There's too much competition for that number. Sorry, Up, Up, Up. Yeah. Okay, so now we do the last bit, which is rating the episode by giving it slushies. Yes. Um, I'm going to give this episode two out of five slushies because the plot okay. lines are weird and don't make sense. I am giving it 0.5 out of five slushies because I loved nearly all of it except for um the... Like, the Puck and Finn bit is, like, okay, because, like, them being, like, douchey bro friends, I'm not <laughs> too against sure. that. 
because, like, it's less heinous than Finn interacting with Rachel. Yeah, fair um, enough. Uh, but, like, the Sue plotline feels a little underworked and overworked at the same time for me. Like, it's just not yeah. right. Um, no, it's... It, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And that's part of it is like the Finchel storyline is stupid and I hate it. The yeah. Sue storyline, if if Emma and Will, like the only reason we had it is because Emma and Will decided to like weasel their way into her doctor's visit. Invite themselves, invite themselves to a doctor's appointment. Which ended up being having some like serious, like, like sensitive information. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just weird. And like. It's not the place. I feel like there has to be, like, a big chunk of that scene that they just cut yeah. out. Um, the other thing, too, is that the Artie Quinn thing, I liked it up until they got into their fight where I realized that they're both terrible people. Um, um I didn't like it at okay, all. Sure. Uh, because uh, Quinn is just getting on my nerves, I think. It's not um, her fault. The writers hate her. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, is that... It's listen, I love Diana Aragon and I like the idea of Quinn, but in practice, she has been consistently horrible and I can't excuse it anymore. You know, like she said some really shitty stuff about Dave Karofsky. She said some really shitty stuff like about things in general. That's true. And, And like. She just needs to fucking chill and stop bragging about how she's going to go to Yale. Maggie, are you jealous? Did you want to go to Yale? No, I I don't want to go mm. to Yale. Not at all. Anyway, yeah, I, I completely understand that. I just, I I liked the Quinn know. that we had. You, like, you like Quinn because she you just, you like a blonde haired girl and you she's can't. She's ambitious, can't. Maggie. Um, no, but like. Okay. Part of it is I really wish they had just left Quinn alone for the rest of the season after her, like, nail finish storyline. Like, We thought that's what was going to happen. We were both looking forward to them leaving Quinn alone. (laughs) But that's not how the world works. Instead... Just leave Quinn alone. I mean, this we could get more Mercedes storylines or more Tina storylines or more Sugar storylines. I would love to find out what... Like, what are Mercedes' plans after she leaves McKinley? Yeah, we, we don't no know. Idea. Is she going to move to L.A.? Is she going to try to get, like, a record deal? Is she going to move in with Shane? What's going well, on? did she and Shane break up? They did. Yeah. Anyway, they did. yeah. So, I, I mean, that's the thing. I don't like this episode because... And I don't understand why you like this episode as much as you do because you just told me that you don't like Quinn and, like, half the episode is about her. But... Like, but Cooper Anderson. <laughs> so stupid. But Cooper Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um do we do we wanna talk any more about the fan fiction <laughs> or are we good? Um, let's see. I do have like we were talking bef- about it before we started recording. Uh the uh, just saying the name Clooper is fun, <laughs> so there is there is a fan fiction out there named Clooper. However, it is unfinished and doesn't include the real meat of it. It's just incest. You don't want it. Or unless you do. You know, no judgment here. Um, Let's see. I'm scrolling through the seven works that uh, still exist when you take away the non-consensual tag. (laughs) Great job there, folks. The internet is trash. Um, 
Yeah, this is all really, really smutty stuff. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Some of it... Oh, there's one that's just in Russian. Oh, that's nice. Anyway, um, let's move away from the bad part of the internet, and let's move to the good part of the internet. I want to give so many thank yous. <laughs> Are you saying that Twitter is the good part of I the internet I was actually going to talk right about now? our email first, but yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about yeah, our email. So, uh, first, the biggest shout out to Nicole P, who emailed us. Um, very great email. And she let us know that uh, she has also shared the show um, using Tumblr and to other fandom buddies that she has, um, which scares me a little bit, but... No, I I really like it's sort of my dream to become ingrained in the Glee fandom because I was <laughs> a fandom of the fandom almost. You sure. know, I was a part of it but not really. I just consumed so much of it. I it, this is a this is a dream it come spooks true. It me. But along those lines, um also Michelle F and Jamie M both reached out after uh Nicole um and Jamie specifically said that Nicole is her friend. I'm guessing also that uh, Michelle uh, knows Nicole probably too. But if not, if not, su- still super awesome. Love hearing from love hearing from y'all. Uh, and please, if you if you are if you are inspired to send us an email to tell us that our podcast makes you laugh out loud, that really it makes me feel so much better about this silly thing that we do because. Oh, sometimes it gets because dark. It, because it's not just it's not just sibling bonding, no. you know. We are, we're making art together. Um, but yeah, so we love hearing from you. If you want to reach out to us, uh, Twitter at SNM Hate Glee and email is SNM Hate Glee at gmail.com. Um, yeah. All right. So that's everything. Thanks so much for listening this week. We will see you next week with episode 16, which is Saturday Night Gleaver. Yes, I'm so here for this because because they are all competing to win like a fabulous white suit. Like that is stupid. I'm so excited though because like the BGs are dope. (laughs) Yeah, I yes, I'm all about the pun. Also, Saturday Night Gleam. Okay, fuck yeah. Okay, but until next time, I've been Sam, and I've been Maggie, and we do hate Glee from the top. Ha <laughs> 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 <laughs>